Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on our show, we have Maddie Astoria. Hi, Maddie. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're very excited to chat with you. Um, for our listeners, do you mind giving them a background on who you are and how you got into photography? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a film photographer, obviously, in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, so I picked up photography when I was a kid, really. got my first camera. I grew up in rural Australia. And having a camera just, I don't know, the world around me just seemed a little more magical when I had a camera. I just really enjoyed it mm-hmm. then. Mm. Um, and since then, for like a lot of years, photography was sort of like, wax and waned as a sort of side hobby, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of traveling in my like late teens, early 20s, like took a motorbike over the Himalayas and backpacked to Africa and did like Borneo and Sumatra and Southeast Asia and stuff. And like photographer's dream, right? Oh. Um, yeah, but in <laughs> totally. That, yeah, like in that time though, I like, really, I guess, fell out of love with photography because I felt this like real pressure to like capture every moment. Like all these incredible experiences, my biggest memory of them is like looking through a viewfinder and like trying to capture this moment that mm. I was missing. So after that, I sort of swore off photography for a while. Um, I just thought nah, like, nah, not worth it. It's sort of ruining my life. <laughs> um, and wow. then I moved to New Zealand a couple of years ago and I don't remember how I did it or what, what, how I came across it, but I bought an old film camera, like an old Pentax Spotmatic F, um, great classic camera. Mm-hmm. And I just instantly fell like head over heels in love with photography using that camera. Um, just make this the slowing down, the tactility of it. And I think it really brought me back to where I was when I started as a kid. Um, and since then, it's become just this massive, like, biggest part of my life. <laughs> complete obsession. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think, I don't know if it's so digital versus film or just the process, whatever it is, but getting that camera, since so I've got like a dozen since then, <laughs> really made me, yeah, like really fall in love with it. And um, yeah, I started capturing what I wanted to capture and started capturing yeah, how I saw the world rather than feeling the need to like, you know, bracket 10 photos of the same mm-hmm. subject and then go to Lightroom and like <laughs> yep. thousands of rules I haven't touched from those wow. trips. Like, I haven't looked yeah. at them because they're just sitting on my hard drives, so, like can't do it. Um, so yeah, I think the whole combination of things of um, of a film that let me sort of like fall in love with it all over again. So yeah. It's so funny. You're not the first person or I guess guest to say that, that they've like gone on a trip and like they haven't even looked at their digital because the film, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. the film, I feel like it's because it's so selective. Like I have these roles. I was there with these roles and I know, you know, like you don't have to like go backlog all the things that you shot millions of photos of. Totally. Yeah, it's funny. Totally. I think like, like the freedom of digital is great like it is so you can be so loose mm-hmm. with it because there's no real cost to a photo but because of that like i just found myself shooting on burst so i just just literally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, same 
yeah, I just really didn't develop as a photographer much. Um, and yeah, I just got lost in it being mature. So yeah, I think forcing myself to slow down really helped a lot mm. and sort of made me appreciate photography as an art, um, which is where I am now. So yeah, I, I love it. I wouldn't give it up for anything. Timothy and I were just talking about before we got on about kind of the spraying thing, because I was on a, <laughs> yeah. a job yeah. where I felt, you know, I want to cover everything. And then mm. I, I, it's, it's like, I almost shot a, my own movie, like because I was just yeah. like, <laughs> like, I don't think that's what they wanted, you know? Yeah. But yes, the whole slowing down i think i think for me it's i land somewhere in the middle because i've been finding like Mm. slowing down with like you know the old manual cameras with you have to meter you have to like really set your your cameras it's almost too slow and i'm getting frustrated this is kind of something that's like a recent like revelation for me i like i think like my contacts g1 that that anything has like an autofocus in in a manual meter i'm like that's like my my sweet spot i feel like it's probably why I shoot so many point and mm. shoots now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm similar. Like, I, so I've got a fair few cameras now. Um, I guess my main camera now is an old rolly cord. Mm. It's an old um, medium point TLR. And that is like no meter, yeah. everything, very manual, like waste that will find, everything's backwards. So it's all like it's a very intentional, slow process. Um, but then sometimes I just want to take out a rangefinder and like right. go nuts on the street right. and like burn through a roll. Um, so I think that is a big part of it as well. And I think I'm at the, I've got a digital camera as well that I sometimes use. Um, I think I'm at that point now where I can do that and enjoy it mm-hmm. and get what I want to get out of it. But I think I needed to have have film to force me right. to like slow down right. and the basics, like get the tactility of it and like see the whole process. Like before that, I think a photo to me, even if I kept something I, I thought was really great, it wasn't, I don't know, it was just an image on a computer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shooting film and seeing, you know, that physical negative and doing the whole process, developing it and scanning it and having that entire very hands-on process and, like, having to learn exposure really well and, like, how it all comes together and, like, incident metering and blah, blah, and all that made me, I don't know, like, go back to the basics and really appreciate it as a process. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to mm. digital, when I do really shoot digital, I'm doing it in a very different way, I think, than I used to. Um, like a nice balance yeah. there, I think. That's another thing I feel like we hear a lot too, that once you go back to the digital mm-hmm. camera, like you have a new understanding of, I made a, I, I forget when it was, it was it was during the middle of quarantine. We were, we were talking about the same subject on one of our episodes and I vowed, I was like, I had this really nice Sony mirrorless camera with a couple different lenses. And I'm like, you know what? For a week i'm not going to shoot a film camera i'm just going to use my because i'm i'm that guy that's like oh digital (laughs) i'm just always that guy so i uh (laughs) i tried this sony out and even my composition was terrible like it just was a totally different Mm -hmm. vibe and i couldn't and i would take three shots of every picture even if it was like a flower that's not moving that i definitely (laughs) nailed the shot on the first one had to take three just because you can and i I just had such a i have I, i shouldn't say had because even now, if I even with my iPhone, I just cannot take a oh, good yeah. photo like that. I think there's just something about the film camera and the process. And because it's not, I mean, how many times have you taken a, like a great mistake, you know, mm-hmm. like a terrible lighting trick that happened because you made a mistake shooting it where it still comes out really cool on film you're like wow if this mistake wouldn't have happened this awesome picture right. wouldn't have come about how many times have you said that about no, your canon you, de- you delete it 5d mark whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you delete that thing you're yeah. like ew get out of here yeah <laughs> so funny i think that's a big part of like the film of digital debate like it's been hashed out so many times and like 
Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm similar to you. Like I shoot, I've got a recently got a digital camera for scanning. Mm-hmm. I bought a camera to scan my film. Uh, like, yeah, oh, I can use yeah. the camera too. Cool. Um, so I do sometimes <laughs> shoot that. Um, as like a 99% film shooter, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Like digital's better. Right. Like in every rational and objective right. way. Like modern glass is sharper mm-hmm. and better corrected. Digital is more convenient. Like even now, new sensor dynamic range is as good or better than film, mm-hmm. which is for a long time like film's strong point. But like we're not rational or objective. I wouldn't be trying to create art. Right. You know? Like for me, it's the yeah. process. Yeah. Like the whole debate of film versus digital is sort of like you know a painter versus mm-hmm. a, you know I don't know whatever like a digital art or something. Like they're different processes. And for me, film is all about enabling me to like see how I want to see and create how I want to create like the end product mm-hmm. whatever but yeah it's all about the process for me rather than like trying to debate over pixels versus grain right, or something right. you know I think if, if, you, if you're making art you're making art regardless you know totally yeah but Maddie I personally love your street photography thank you um, I think that's probably my favorite of your work but what is your what is your like what do you consider yourself do you kind of pinhole yourself into any specific <sighs> yeah or do you it's a tricky yeah. one like yeah i think like street photography is probably the best umbrella term um i think it can be a bit of a problematic term sometimes mm-hmm. like i don't love mm. calling myself a yeah. street photographer i think a lot of contemporary street photography isn't what i sort of vibe with i think street photography you know back in the sort of like older times i have much more like one of my favorite photographers ever is fan ho mm. who's a um photographer from oh. hong kong in like the yeah. 50s and like vivian Maya, that's sort of yeah. look um but i think it's very different to a lot of today's street photography which is much more like about street craft and like you know i'm being on the street which i'm terrible at i'm shy mm-hmm. i'm introverted yeah, i don't yeah. want to get in people's right. faces <laughs> um, um so i try to like urban landscape i really like like i really love like where i'm in wellington it's a very small city like it's a urban center right on surrounded by mountains and water and stuff and i love having that intersection um between like people and their environment and trying to capture that so that's all be- all my work that i like the best is that like getting people in their wider environment and how they relate to that but i do sometimes just like take i'll take a range finder on the street and getting some like little street moments as well mm. so yeah i'm definitely in that sphere um i do play with portraits and stuff sometimes it's not really my strong suit um but i enjoy playing with them um i've got like a live-in model with my girlfriend there you go so that's the best <laughs> I just, like, oh, all the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah so i enjoy that but it's definitely not like my strong suit or um, like I, I look up to portrait photographers i think it's so hard to like pose someone and model them and like it's something that looks like it should be easy but it's so hard i think all the like mm. most complex things are like oh it's a photo of someone's face whatever mm. um but getting that across is so difficult yeah like otherwise we'd all be portrait photographers but um I think that's like a really an admirable um, skill that I don't really have. So yeah, and yeah, I can I can relate to your your photos. I you know obviously doing research before we got on here and looking at your Instagram and stuff. It's just like oh yeah, I was like this is great because I I'm the same I'm the same type. Like I'm I wouldn't say that I'm shy, but I've had a couple experiences that that kind of like scared me to doing the candid mm-hmm. street photography, shoving the camera in someone's face type thing. I've, I've had a camera taken out of my hand and broken oh, yeah. and stuff. Eek. It was very traumatic. I'm still having, you know, <laughs> flashbacks and 
<laughs> anyway, but it's, I just, I can relate to that because it's almost like, I don't want to sound creepy, but it's like a voyeurism. Like you're, you're watching people's lives and you're, and you're making something out of that instead of, you know, being the ta-da, ha-ha, gotcha moment. It's like, oh, wow, like look at over there, the way that guy's standing to that building, to his reflection over there, to the way the light, you had one photo. I, I wish I could remember what it was, but I just remember the light was like cutting down the side and I was mm. like, wow, mm. like what yeah. an eye, like what a great eye. Thank I just, you. I do love yeah, light. Yeah. Light I, is my biggest, like, even though oh. my, my most, like, favorite subject is light. Oh, like, I love that. I would mm-hmm. say I try and find a composition and find, like, somebody lighting I like and then wait for someone to enter it. I think I made a thread on Twitter a little while ago about how street photography can be problematic because a lot of people like a lot of it is poverty porn like a lot of people mm-hmm. yeah, um, like yeah. grab a camera and like go to go downtrodden parts of the right. city and like grab pictures of homeless people and stuff and i don't know for me it's really problematic because like you're sort of going into their home right you know? right right like I agree. Um, if, yeah. you're in pub- if i'm in a public space take a photo of me okay that's my choice and i kind of complain about that but if someone's you know unhoused then they don't really have a choice to be there and you're like I don't know, going with them with this, you know, big zoom lens right. sort of thing. To me, those are sort of more problematic parts. And yeah, so I think I try to avoid, like, I think a lot of times I try to not have an identifiable subject in my photos. If I do, then I go and talk to them afterwards and stuff. Because, yeah, I don't know. Like, That's yeah. huge. That's a yeah. big thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, I just try and, I, for me, at least maybe I'm, like, paranoid, but for me it's, like, a, a thin line to try and not cross. Because, yeah, like, even if you have a legal right to or whatever, um, like, I mean, there's just decent rights <laughs> not, not to cross. But, yeah, but that's just me. That's great because, I, you know, I used to not think about stuff like that back in the day because, you know, you hear it's like if you're on a public street, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. illegal to take your photo. It's it's whatever. And I, I, I used to stick up for those people all the time, the, the, the brash. Like, I always wanted to be one of those, like the Bruce, uh, Bruce Gilden, like where you're shoving a yeah. flash. And a, Bruce and <laughs> I, I know, I know it, it's, it, it really changed. It really changed for me because I don't know what happened, but I was thinking about how I would feel maybe if it was turned on me mm-hmm. or something like that, or just also too, like what you said about the homeless or, you know, drug addicts or something like that like that's not your story to tell unless you're like a part of that group like i don't know it can be done really well like you know you look at like dian arbus Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. like you know like um tish martha there's so many people that have done this really well but walking through downtown or whatever with a camera in hand and snapping away isn't how to do that well like it needs a lot Mm -hmm. more compassion and a lot more understanding than just sort of shooting from the outside and I think you can yeah. sort of spot when it is done well because you can see that empathy between, right. like, you rather than the look of suspicion or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can see empathy between the people and the photographer. Um, so you need, to, you need to go a lot deeper than just sort of, like, strolling around with a $600 Leica hmm. and, like, snapping people yeah. on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's like a really touchy subject that needs a lot of thought and compassion to do well. And, like, yeah, it's not really my story to tell. It's not really I want to get you know too deep in um for photography so yeah i feel like you always hear too in those stories of of these older photographers that have captured stories like that Mm. like they're always spending years with these people or they spent like an an allotted amount of time like gaining their trust Mm. learning the actual story and you know making something out of that instead of getting you know likes or views or mm-hmm. clicks on just a, a a harsh picture of somebody doing something that's totally you know, yeah 
Now I'm all fired up right now. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> no, no, it's great. I love it. Um, so, Maddie, do you ha- is any of your stuff in any zines or anything like that? Yeah, so I made uh, a zine. I published my own zine a little while ago called Wellington, an uh, inventive title. <laughs> um, and yeah, I sold a few runs of that. Um, so that's all sold out. I was really, I really enjoyed the process. Sort of, I think it's always interesting going like making that zine. I now think in projects much more. Yeah. Like for a long time, I sort of like went out, yeah. shot. So what I liked, put it in Lightroom, cool. Um, where now I try and think much more and, like, okay, cool, this could fit like this thing I'm going for. I've got a few different like themes, I guess, on the run. So that was a really good process for me to like go back through my work and like spot themes that I, I shoot and like different sort of styles and things. So yeah, I did that scene. Uh, it's all sold out now and I'm sort of hoping to work on a photo book next. Oh, cool. No, it's all very hazy right Ooh. now. But hopefully by the, before the end of the year, I can sort of put together a, a book version of that zine, bit more like polished and fleshed out and act like thesis behind it so yeah when you when you talked about like shooting for like a purpose i feel like even if even if like i was thinking today i have a youtube channel and i was thinking like i'm feeling sort of in a rut i I don't really it's not the same rut that i was in during the quarantine because now i can you know it's not things everything everything in my life is going really good but i just i haven't been compelled to like make art and it's like Mm -hmm. kind of bummed me out so i was thinking like even making making it just like a personal project whether not like so much like it's going to be a zine and this is what I'm going to call it. Just like giving myself like a photo challenge. Like I feel like that's where I'm at that I need to like, okay, whatever it is, like make pick a theme, pick a role, like a film stock or something and just go, not force it, but like flex the muscle. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's really important. Like I find something in those ruts all the time. And I think whether it's like picking a camera or like picking a, yeah, like trying to capture a certain thing I'm going for whatever. Yeah, I think it's really important to try and get um, <laughs> that, sorry, running wild. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, I think it's important to get out of that those creative ruts. So I find myself in them all the time. Like so I, you know, I think it's pretty common for film photographers to sort of collect cameras as a hobby yes, as well as taking yes, photos. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I find like I enjoy it. Like I love all these beautiful old objects I have. But then I find myself spending my time testing cameras and like trying to figure out what camera I want right. to like keep or sell, whatever. Right rather than doing photography mm-hmm. that's like my most common rut i think is like i like get in this mode okay i've got to find my ideal setup like i've got these cameras which ones are great mm-hmm. i want to you know shoot more whatever and like test them different films different situations different lenses and like wait a minute like i'm taking photos yeah. i'm sort of like doing test rolls yep <laughs> like half my film sleeves like test of so yeah so. um so yeah <laughs> or i have like a f- a, f- a film fridge that's like busting open and i'm like i just need to shoot some film (laughs) like what is going on yeah um i've been like like helping my friends shoot film like i've been like letting them borrow cameras and a friend of mine i sold actually my uh can an extra canon a1 to friends of mine and for some reason it like locked up on them so i have to like go bring it to get repaired and see what's going on but they were i was like oh you can just like retrieve the leader and like you can still save the role and i was like wait a second i have so much film let me go get you a role like it's fine and he's yeah. like are you sure i was like yes please like i need it <laughs> if i'm not gonna shoot it yeah. i need to like spread it out into the world you know happy to yeah i'm very i'm very guilty of that i like buy interesting role like so i got like a whole freezer full expired yeah. slide film like, oh, like great i'll shoot you so much fun to shoot Six months later, <laughs> yeah. it's nice and frozen. It's like mm-hmm. now I'm like also <laughs> collecting cameras and rolls of film. Apparently, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> other than uh, your Wellington project, do you have any other kind of projects, or is there anything that you're working on right now? Like nothing concrete. Um, again, I've got like in Lightroom, I've got like some like project folders of mm. like sort of themes, I guess that I'm working on. 
Um, but yeah, I think my next big project will be that photo book. It's all pretty up in the air at the moment. I only finished the zine. Like, I only sold it, like, a month or two ago. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think from that, I just want to flesh it out to a more substantial body of work. So, I've got to you know, put, put my portfolio together recently online. And like, I think every time I've done that, like, gone through my work and sort of curated and edit it to a set um, has really helped me sort of see what I want to capture. And I think because for a long time, I've already like sort of rediscovered photography with film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sort of like going out to the street and like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> and like shooting whatever <laughs> I came across. I think my biggest thing at the moment is being more intentional and sort of getting a more consistent body of work and like finding exactly what my eye and look is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's my sort of meta project, I guess, um, is just – creating a body of work that's consistent has like a consistent theme yeah that's what it's funny you say that because i like was recently looking at my website and there's like phases of my life i feel like that are like in in galleries Mm. but like i would just like love to have like one consistent body of work like somebody like Mm. like wendy laurel like our former guest you like you look at her work and you're like Mm. and our past guest brooke they you just look you just look at their work and you're just like that's them you know and yeah that would be like a dream to just like cut everything else out and just like take a year of my life to figure out what what my look is you know that's my like photo 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 fantasy yeah <laughs> i think i'm totally getting there for me like i think a big part of my work is black and white i love working in black and white uh, which isn't super common and just i love focusing on tones and shadow and light and that sort of thing so i love like that sort of look but beyond that i think my work's all reasonably diverse but it is funny like saying your like phases of life mm-hmm. like if i look back at my digital work from my travels and stuff or what i did go through and sort of edit and, and you know put together um i can't recognize like it's not me. right like, yeah it's just i don't know mm. what it is but it's like some of it's like, i can appreciate that it's good but it's just not my eye at right. all like it's like a stock photographer's yeah. eye you know like oh that's a objectively good photo i guess um but it's just i just don't recognize it as my work so i think that's another thing film really gave me is like an opinionated view <laughs> yeah you know, like shooting what i want to shoot rather than what i think would make a good composition or like whatever i think that's really been a trend mm-hmm. lately like in the last couple months of all of us having to sit and yeah. evaluate yeah. our lives in the last like year just with you know with the quarantine and stuff because that was a big thing for me too i i would just shoot to shoot because i love yeah. pressing the button and i love having an excuse to get out of the house and go for a walk and and all that stuff and and those aren't bad reasons to shoot either but when it's when you have it in your heart mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the three of us this is what we love and what we you know we want to not necessarily make Make like a big impact in photography but like we mm. want to leave our mark when we're not here anymore and stuff like that and it would be really cool to have you know like a 15 year project or something crazy to just like leave behind so i i, I really slowed down because one film prices have gone <laughs> way up yeah and <laughs> i already i chris i'm in the same boat as you i've just got no room to store i have film in this cabinet i have film in the yeah. fridge <laughs> i have film everywhere and i was like instead of panic buying every two weeks film i'm just gonna shoot until i'm at a point where i'm like all my film fits Mm -hmm. here now so like i i think it's important and i say it probably pretty much every show these days is where you you know chris you have all that f what is it f200 or f2 F2 whatever, whatever the heck it's called you should really like pick one camera get that film think of something try a couple different things and then see what clicks and works and yeah. work on that for the I was next thinking couple years. My next zine might be an ode to that film <laughs> and just put all every 
just shoot it and make make it like a like a little love letter to that film stock because it's so good and I love it. <laughs> and it's a reason to shoot it? it. It's Lomography's F two four hundred. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was. I want to say like they they released it in like twenty eighteen. It's like an old stock that they bought from Italy and they saved. And they've released it as their own, but they only had a limited a quantity of it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'll send you yeah. some later. You'll see what I'm talking because it's just like grainy and contrasty at the same time. Oh, it's beautiful. just like a wonderful color film. I love that. Wasn't it like stuff. aged in like wine barrels <laughs> or something in, crazy in, in, like that? In, in wood cass- cassettes or something like that. Oh, my God. I, yeah. that. I need to look <laughs> <Yeah>. it up. <laughs> I love it. But, but I like, uh. I don't remember because I bought one. I don't, I just like bought it as much as I could of it. And I didn't have a lot of money then, so I was like, you know, putting it on credit card, I think. And and they like released it because they had a batch that would like somehow was fault, not faulty, but had an error. It would put like a little red line through. So they're like, oh, they're, like, that's right, you can I buy remember this. that. Yeah, it has like this little funky defect. But I was like, cool, I want it. Like, <laughs> and then anytime it's on the Facebook groups, people, I just like grab it. And now I have way too much of it. Is the, it's at the end it. of that story, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the monography stocks. Like, I don't know why. So in New Zealand, film prices are even worse in the US. Like, it's films just crazy here. But for whatever reason, lomography stocks are really accessible here. Yeah. Um, so like Lomo 400 is like my go-to color film. Yeah. I just, it's like half the price of, so on 120, it's like half the price of Portra. And it's just so solid. Um, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I think they're really good. They do really weird films too, but they're like basic color stocks. Mm-hmm. They're so good. I love them. Yeah, they're yeah. great. We love that company. Like, I would, I would take a bullet. Like, if a bullet was coming at <laughs> Lomography, I would be the guy like, <laughs> like taking a, it for like the bodyguard Whitney Houston, just like yeah, yeah. Over yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. I'd have a blanket over yeah. a lomography and like, yeah. like <laughs> I think they're fun to make. Fun. Like, I think it's like fashionable to make fun of them for like you know cheap cameras and like funky stuff, but like they're responsible for bringing mm-hmm. film. Oh my god! Mainstream, yeah. like they, they made it cool, you know. In the early Tumblr days, like it was Lomo. You were called like Lomographers, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, so like hats off, you know. Mm-hmm. Matt, I also want to talk to you about the. I know you from Twitter, the, mm. the like the Twitter photo community. I feel like is something kind of oh, special, yeah. and I know you're on there a lot. So, what are your what are your thoughts about photo I'm Twitter? Like, I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subtle, subtle way, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Twitter. Like, I only joined, I think, November last year. And mm-hmm. I like a photographer, um, Dean Harvey. He sort of flagged on Instagram and somewhere to check out. Um, so I joined, like, November last year, and I just love it. Um, yeah. I think for Instagram, for me, is sort of like, I like Instagram. It's like posting to the void. Like, share my photos, they get likes and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, I did well. But for Twitter, it's like an actual community. Like, right. I met people there that I mm. consider friends. Mm-hmm. I'm part of these, like, really great group chats. Like, it was like my film girls group chat on there, yeah. which I really find extremely valuable. And, yeah, I think it's like a really lovely tight-knit community which i didn't expect like to me before i joined twitter was like a trash fire like in the news and stuff you see mm-hmm. twitter is like the battleground of <laughs> right and stuff right uh-huh. <laughs> but like if you pick your lane like it's a really lovely community and um you know like every big community online there are ugly bits uh, every now and then there's like i think photo twitter is sort of famous for having its drama mm-hmm. once a week yeah um but yeah i love it it's just a really i think empowering and supportive place for the most part and i think joining twitter I helped my photography a lot yeah. um, because it sort of gave me a place to get feedback and like see the process behind photos more than just like, oh, double tap to like on Instagram, it's a good photo. Um, so I feel like I sort of, because the, you know, in New Zealand, there's a great photo scene here, but isn't like as diverse, obviously, as like the States or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that sort of tight knit community online, I think was really helpful for me. Um, and I'm so grateful for it now. Yeah, there was like a few, few people that I didn't, wasn't aware of until I was more like, because I've I had Twitter since like 
2009, I think, like a long mm. time. And there's a, a while where I wasn't really doing anything with it. And then I started to go back to it. I think I was like gushing to you. I was like, Timothy, I was like the photo Twitter, like you got to come back to Twitter because it's just, I don't know what's happening over here, but it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I, that's how I found like Nat, Softboy Films. I found yes, um, I am. Yeah. you. I found Emily Swift. I found Emily Swift on there. Oh, yeah. Oh. She's yeah. Wonderful. yeah. Yeah. It's like all these wonderful yeah. people. And I just, I also love the fact that like, you know, when it's different, I feel different about sharing work there because I feel like I'm not worried about the like the grid and all that stuff. It just gets that feedback in the moment. And I'm also like finding like people like reshare. It's easier like reshare, like just people just retweet. And like all of a sudden I have all this beautiful work in my feed, you know? Totally. I think like that mechanism alone, the retweet, like mm-hmm. if Instagram had that, it'd be so much better. Like yeah. just being able to like yeah. share like, people's work and amplify people's voices. I think it's so powerful. And yeah, I think it's a much more conducive community right yeah. like i'm the same instagram like i recently reset my instagram so i was only like 30 odd posts there because i was like okay instagram is like a mini gallery like i need to show my best work only right um, whereas twitter for me is much looser like mm-hmm. if there's a set of photos that don't quite work on their own but make a cool set i'll share that and get feedback and some things that i thought would flop do really well mm-hmm. and like it's really interesting getting like seeing my work other people's eyes in that way as well um and just getting comments and things and yeah it's just a really special community i'm i'm in, i'm like evangelical about it now yeah yeah like all my photographer friends here i'm like get on twitter yeah that's how i've um, become it's crazy yeah it's um yeah it's really good what is like i i've tried i've tried to like dig my feet into twitter a little bit and i mean what is the difference do you i mean do you still do like hashtags and stuff like how do you get into the community aspect of it because i mean do you just post something and then yeah. it magically finds people that like yeah. photos or is it like yeah. a hashtag so, like, thing or it. oh i was just gonna say like if if i liked the photo and then maddie liked the photo like the people it, who follow me would see that photo it comes in their in their feed so that's okay. why I'm seeing a lot of stuff because people who I follow are liking it. So the more like photographers I feel like you follow or people in the community, the more work is just like spread out. And also like, again, like the retweet functions, mm-hmm. like you like share people's work. Like for me, like I, I sort of grind on Instagram. I like, I had like, until very recently, I had like a video and viral on Instagram. So I got a, like 2000 followers on it. But until very recently, I had like 400 followers on Instagram and I grinded for every single one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I worked really hard yeah. with my followers. Right. Because on Twitter, I just sort of existed. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really try. Because again, I didn't, like I feel like Instagram, I'm much more like, oh, what's my like count? Like, oh, is it doing well? Like I'm much more like right. sensitive to that. Um, whereas on Twitter, um, like for me, the biggest part of it was like the feedback and the comments and the interaction. So I never really cared too much about how well my stuff was doing. And I just sort of existed and like liked photos I liked and shared photos I liked and whatever, posted the stuff I worked on um, and just sort of grew naturally um, really fast. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what I really like about it. There's like no hashtag spam. There's like you don't really have to grind that hard to get a following. Yeah. And I don't mm. think for me at least it's not really about that. With Instagram sort of still is for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a much more authentic community, mm-hmm. I think. Um, even though it does have its drama, you know, like, sure. yeah, that's like, so I'm like, I'm the great Instagram just because it's nice and silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I find it really valuable. Man, mm-hmm. interesting. I'll give it another you sh- shot. You got to. <laughs> I'm t- and I feel like it, because it's like Twitter, you're talking, I feel like you're like, Hey, like I'm always like, Hey, like, you know, like talking to people more. So it just like mm, feels yeah. really nice. It's just I'm so used to like when I post a photo, hashtag believe in film, hashtag thirty five millimeter. <laughs> it's like I I know my crews that I want to see it on Instagram, and then when I try to do it on Twitter, I just it, it's it's because I don't know how to use Here, it. I wanna, I mean, we're I gonna set, yeah. we're gonna do like a photo challenge for you. I, All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do, like you're gonna have to like commit to Twitter for like two weeks. 
and then okay. report back. I'll, I mean, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the bots are like hardcore again on Instagram right now. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I have my Instagram. It's like 10 new followers, but my numbers yeah. don't change ever. Yeah. Like, I well, just like, don't understand what that is. Like, well, like the follow on follow thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think my yeah. follow account like goes up and down by 100 followers a week. Like, so yeah. it's, like the same it's in insane. End, it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So you were saying you develop, what's your process like when you, do you, are you beginning to end like Timothy or do you? Beginning to end. Yeah. yeah. Um, I sort of worked up to it. Um, so I started obviously just shooting film and mm-hmm. I came to a lab. Um, then I got into developing black and white. So we have like a, my local lab here is like really wonderful. There's like a big lab in town. So it's like Wellington is the capital of New Zealand, but it's tiny. It's like mm. really a giant okay. country town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like one lab in town, um, that also did everything. And then a group of guys from that lab sort of split off and started their own thing. Like a really lovely people, really community focused. Um, so I was using them. Went in there one day and they just like showed me how to use a Patterson tank and like how to use Rio. Like, hey, oh, that's it. so okay, wonderful. Cool. Yeah, like wow, even though they're like that's sort of, great. that's like they're losing a customer yeah, effectively yeah. doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I was like on the spot, bought like a basic setup, bought some black and white chemicals, um, has a tank and a dark bag, and um, yeah, so I started developing black and white fur, which I found much less intimidating than color, just mm. because that you don't need the temperature control and you don't need you know the, yeah. the precision, I guess. So I like ruined a roll or two <laughs> doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so I started doing that, then got into scanning. So I got a 35 mil scanner and a flatbed and I hated them both. I just hated scanning. It was such like a tedious process. All the technology for it was so old. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing photos, I'm a developer. So like I'm very tech centric in my life. I'm like, ugh, using these like 10 year old machines, that crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, that just frustrated me. So then I recently got into DSLR scanning, um, which I love. I really enjoy it. Um, so what like a little Sony A100 um, with the macro lens to sort of start scanning my film that way. And yeah, I really enjoy that. I think it's much more my process. Um, I have to turn all the lights off, turn them in a dark room. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoy that. I get much higher quality results with it as well. And I get a free camera in the mix. <laughs> and then I recently started developing color as well, which has been actually way less intimidating than I thought it was going to be. It's been totally mm-hmm. fine. That's what they um, tell me. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't like, done it yet, but... I, I, bought, I bought, like, a sous vide to yeah. control my temperature in a big bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's my very advanced setup. But, yeah, I really, really <laughs> enjoy it. Um, like, there are some times when I've shot, like, three rolls, and, like, ugh, or, like, backlog to develop. But most of the time, I just find it really, like, fulfilling and, like, almost therapeutic. Just go to the, go to my bathroom, <laughs> yeah. get on my film, hang it up in the shower. And just, even though you don't see it happen, like, you would in a dark room, just the process of having this, like, film canister or film roll and then seeing the images on a negative it's just for me it's really special one of the parts of it so yeah i'm really glad i do it myself and having the full control as well especially with scanning like the scans i got from my lab were fine but at least all the labs here you pay a fortune for like little jpeg files yeah mm-hmm. um and like it's just such an expensive part of the process so now that i sort of enjoy it rather than dread it um it's been a really good thing to learn as well yeah dslr scanning like is a game changer just getting that much time totally. back is worth all of it yeah and like using Negative Lab Pro, like before I was using the like view scans, like a scanning driver software, I guess. And just the output of it was, I mean, it needed every photo. It's like having a raw, like every photo needed so much work in Lightroom mm. to get to where I thought it should be for that film. And like a one button thing with Negative Lab Pro is just for right. me a game changer. Right. Like wow. most of like an entire roll, some tweaks here and there sometimes. Most of the time, I like just convert for the whole roll and I'm done, um, which is just wonderful. It is kind of sad that technology is, uh, isn't, 
I mean, they kind of just let the film scanning community go go die in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> you know, we were <laughs> we were talking about that when we were at the film Padilla and just kind of how I mean, there was I forget it wasn't that long ago that the Epson V850 or 800. I forget which one it is came out, but it's the same old song and dance. Yeah. You know, it's a totally. slow, loud, kind of terrible unless you're you like you scanning medium format or you know four by five or something like that it's just not good quality i mean it is 2021 you think we'd have something well i mean we we have digital yeah you know yeah we have slr scanning now i think the biggest thing for me is that like if you're looking for a good scanner like you want to say the best of the best you buy a 20 year old scanner right right, yeah it's insane that's the best of the best like that came out in like 1990 or 2000 like it's a you wouldn't buy a printer from 2000 like what are you doing no (laughs) um yeah, like even like I have a little plus tech. It's actually pretty good in fairness, like a little dedicated 35 mil scanner. Um, but I did some research on it. And like the brand new ones, the 8100, I think it is. I like researched it. It's the exact same hardware as the previous, which is like 10 years old. Mm, they didn't yeah. change the hardware. They just updated the bundled software. Like they just like are so like really calling it in. <laughs> yeah. With, and yeah. that's like the best you can get in dedicated, like a new scanner. It's like where it's at with the dedicated scanner and like dedicated 120 scanners. I don't even know if they exist, the new ones. Right. So like, yeah, it's a tough game. And I think, you know, you talk about like quality, the, the, when you're camera scanning, whatever, you can always upgrade your, your, your digital cameras. You're getting like a, a much better file because you're, you know, now have a, you know, 2021 digital camera. If you, if you get into the game now, you know, you're not like, okay, I want to start scanning scanning now let me buy the scanner from the 90s now i'm gonna get the camera from today and be good you know yeah and to me like i didn't have again i was shooting purely film so i sold my iden epson v550 and i sold that to buy my dslr scanning setup which was a step up in quality and i got a camera out of it like now i've got a digital camera (laughs) Mm -hmm. like free camera awesome (laughs) well now that camera shoots video so do you think you'll be doing any like vlogging in the future well Yes, so I bought some, like, I bought, like, I, like ho- that was the plan. Like, I yeah. bought, like, a mic, and I bought, like, I got an iPhone, and I got a camera for it. So I wanted to start doing YouTube. Like, photo- I like, got a few YouTubers I follow that do great photo walks. Um, and I wanted to start doing that. As far as I've gotten so far is TikTok. I made there a few TikToks about all I've done so far. But it's still on the horizon. I still want to, like, start doing some photo walks and start yeah. doing some, you know, like, camera reviews and stuff. Just to, like, not for any reason, not to, like, gain a following or anything, just for fun. Just, like, I think it'd be a, another fun outlet to explore. It is. Um, but it's totally new for me, all that whole, everything about that. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be fun to do. And I think, like, I would love to, like, watch a video of you, like, doing your whole process, like, from beginning to end, you know? Yeah, totally. So, I'll keep my look, one my day. eyes peeled. I'm ready to one subscribe, day, day. Maddie, okay? <laughs> That's awesome. We'll be right back with a listener question for Maddie right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code ANALOGTALK10 on your first purchase on film at Polaroid.com. Just wanted to hop in quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only developing nights. We've done a bunch already. They're a ton of fun. We laugh. We develop film. We hang out. We talk shop. It's just a blast. We've been trying to get a former guest to join us with these. It's just a lot of fun. And again, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. So if that sounds like something you are interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Thanks, guys. 
Alright guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from at underscore skip underscore town. I love that name. <laughs> and they wanted to know, where is your street photography dream location? I'm so excited is, to hear the answer. It's a to tough this. question. Yeah, this is a hard one. There's um so many. <laughs> like Oh yeah. A part of me wants to like I've never really been to like a beach like New York or something. I'd love to mm. like see what I can capture in a place like that. It's like the vibrancy mm-hmm. and for me it's like a really nerdy thing, but the light, like all those giant buildings yeah. and like the harsh light in those sort of spaces. So I'd love to do that. But also I think like, honestly, like where I am now and like smaller cities, I think are really interesting for street photography because I think so much of the focus is on those giant cities. Yeah. So I really mm. like capturing not so much like suburbs, but like small towns, small cities. Um, I think they're really interesting for street photography because you get that interplay, like more intimate experiences of people in their environment. I think it's very easy in big cities to get lost. You get like a picture of a street and it's literally a street photo, like a photo of a street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it's much harder. Well, I imagine I've never done much street photography in big cities, but I imagine it's much harder to um, sort of isolate, isolate a subject and, you know, get those sort of compositions. So I'm torn. I think, like, part of me would love to, to be let loose in New York or somewhere and, like, just go crazy in this big, giant, vibrant city. And part of me wants to stay in, like, my little cozy city and, like, mm. or somewhere similar, like somewhere in Europe, maybe, I don't know, um, and, like, get those more intimate moments. Um, so, yeah, fence-sitter. <laughs> Man, I love it. Yeah. I love it. New York is a, a wonderful place to do s- pictures of the street or actually people. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of like building photos from like, I think my last trip, like all us like mm. the high rises and stuff. I think it's just so iconic. Like, you can sort of like spot a New York photo. And right. I think that's sort of wonderful as well. Like you could just, it's like for me, it's like the archetypal city. Like mm-hmm. it's a big, giant urban center. Um, and like other cities are more romantic or more different ever, but you think of like what peak city is, and to me, it's sort of New York. Not that yeah. I've been there, but oh, like yeah. um, at least five photos. So I'd love to capture some of that. Just um, I think it's like as intense as you can get with people in a city, you know, and seeing how that relationship works. Man, great. we got to get you to New York City now because I want to see that work. Yeah. <laughs> one day. Yeah, one, one day. day. <laughs> Okay. Man, the tough... The, now now, now the it's time question. for the tough question. <laughs> okay. Ready. <laughs> All right. So it's the it's the age-old desert island question. Okay. So you can only choose one. It's your ride or die <laughs> for the rest yeah. of your life. And there is like a little one-hour photo lab on this island with, you know, a plethora of either Lomo 400 yeah. or some <laughs> black and white film for Amazing. you. Amazing. Oh, dream. <laughs> Bring me there now. It's I the know. best <laughs> island ever. It's a plane ticket. Um... For me, it's actually kind of easy, I think. Um, for me, all right, all right. Yeah, for me, it's so... I've got a rolly cord right now. It's an mm-hmm. old twin mm-hmm. lens reflex camera. Um, and for me, my desert eye camera would be like be a rolly flex. Um, wow. And it took me a while to get here. So my first medium format camera was an older rolly flex MX in the 50s. And I used it for a while. I really loved it. And then I sold it to get a Mamiya TLR, which is like a interchangeable lens, um, mm-hmm. and lens reflex. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, if I'm going to get professional, if I want to get like serious, I need to have like a system camera. I need to be like serious in this, you know. And <laughs> it didn't help. Like, it, like mm-hmm. I found uh, myself having one lens on it for a lot bigger. Like, I still love it. I'm still going to keep it as a system camera if I need like a portrait lens or something. But for me, like the sort of work I do, I think I'm quite lucky that I can get away with like a compact fixed lens camera, like a standard lens. And for me, like the tiny size and like giant waist level ground glass finder on like a little TLR is just the ideal camera. Like it makes you really slow down. It's like, 
quite discreet if you want to be discreet for street shooting because it is like from, you know, from your yeah. waist you will think it's some some weird old gadget and the, the quality image i get from it even with the more basic like rolly cord model is just outstanding mm. and i think it really makes me slow down and sort of be like i don't know like more poetic with it i guess and like really slow down and like look for compositions and i think i've got other cameras at other purposes like i love my rangefinders, i love my little slrs um they all have their uses but to really like get the images that I'm most proud of, I just like love having to slow down. Like everything's reverse, so it's like takes a while to figure it out, and yet it's still like so small, so quiet. Like I just chuck it in my tote most days, take to work with me, mm. which I couldn't yeah. do with like a Mamiya or like an RB67 right. or something. Mm. <laughs> um, you know. So yeah, I think it's like that. That would be my. Uh, I'd level up. I get like the latest Rolleiflex, but that'd be my like Death Island camera. I think just like the one through all. That's a yeah. great. Great camera. Yeah. I'm, I love how thought out this was. Yeah. This was great. <laughs> I think a lot about my cameras. I have like... Yes. I had like a giant collection recently, but I've got to go through and like cut, like not cut, like, you know, focus. So I got mm-hmm. through, okay, what, mm-hmm. my, what, what are each of my cameras for? Which of them are a collection, like a cool thing to own, which I'm actually going to use? Like, I'm going to get lost in it. Definitely. I'm right there with... Well, so is Chris. Yeah, we're all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're all there with you. Um, I've been like getting into the square format lately, like the 6x6. Oh, it's the best. I love yeah. it. I had a, a kind of a nightmare mistake. Not a nightmare mistake, but I made I made a mistake with my Yashika A. Did I tell mm. the story on the show, Timothy? I don't think so. It was at my um, husband's cousin's wedding. I was like sitting in the front row, like waiting for the kiss. Like the light was perfect. I had already metered. And the Yashika A, there's no, it's all, it's all, you know, manual. There's no, doesn't even like stop you. You know, if you like advance, there's just you can just keep going. Oh. Yeah. Dang. So I was in a panic and I was like, oh, I didn't advance. I didn't advance to the first frame. So I'm like advancing and then I'm trying to like look through and everything's backwards. And I look down and I advanced to frame five by mistake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then so I, I was like completely missed it, which is a bummer because they, you know, some couples like they held their kiss for like plenty of photos and I completely missed it. It was a bummer. Oh. So then I asked them like, Oh, can I can I get you guys this photo? You know, I had to like bother them to like, can you just come over here real quick? And then <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Listeners, please don't make fun of me for this. But I <laughs> I like took three photos, right? But guess who didn't like advance? <laughs> oh because no. so, I was upset and my husband's like, Well, just ask them to get the phone. I was like, Okay, so I like I intentionally asked them to like make up for my mistake. And I literally turned around, turned my back, and I looked down and was like I cannot believe I just oh, messed no. up again. At least you got like a really cool triple exposure. I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm not developing this role because I don't even want to look at the mistake. But then I was like, yeah. maybe like could be cool. I don't know. Yeah, I dude, there. That's probably like the craziest looking <laughs> yeah. photo ever. Because each yeah. one was a different pose. I was like, okay, look at each other, look back at me, kiss. So it's definitely going to be like three different uh, poses. But I, I just like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we all have those moments though. Like yeah. that it's just it can happen with any camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just those times where your brain kind of just goes yeah. and you, yeah. you kind of just But you know. I was like, I can't believe I did this. I'm supposed to be like this person and I <laughs> Yeah. I think especially when you think about other people. Like yeah. I do I've done like only like a small handful of clients, it's not really my thing. I don't want to turn my photo job sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But one of them, I was using my Mamiya TLR and on that one it's a C twenty you have to cock the shot of yourself. And like normally it's like second nature, like wind on, cock the shot and go. Great. Yeah. Yeah. During this client shoot, I just forgot how I just couldn't use the camera. Right. Like, like oh, I wound on, wound on, oh, got the shot. oh, sorry. And then I always look like a like an idiot. Like just with this guy, I looked at these headshots 
and like I didn't even know how to use my own camera. It yeah, so that's, uh, it's, it, well, it was because because yeah. I, I don't like the worst thing is like people like looking at you fumble with like fumble around with it because it's like wait, yeah. <laughs> I thought you like you know were this person. I'm like I am. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, but Man. I've since AJ, my AJ, my friend AJ, former guest, he's he's letting me borrow his Yashica 124 mat, which he mm. stops you. That stops. Yeah, it stops yeah. you, so yeah. you can't like do that. But um, I still love that camera because I've gotten phenomenal image out of it. So I'm not like by any means being like forget it. I just have to be yeah. like, wow, when you don't use something for a long time, you just kind of have to like relearn it for a second. And I didn't. Yep. And that's what I happened. Think it's interesting <laughs> as well, like going back in like. I think I've got quite a few really old cameras. And like, so when I got my first camera, um, it was like the, the Pentax and I got like a Nikon FM2 and I had the metering and everything about it. Like my first step was having no aperture priority or anything mode, so I was getting used to that. Mm-hmm. And then I got some cameras without meters, which terrified me, having an unmetered camera. But now like probably most of my cameras don't have meters. Then I got a few scale focusing cameras, so I lost focusing. Yeah. And that terrified me because I got used to guessing distances and figuring that out. And I got like one really old um, Zatha contour with no viewfinder, like a little metal rectangle. Like, oh, lost, yeah. like lost a viewfinder. Yeah. Had to figure that out. Things like sitting <laughs> back and like having to cock the shutter yourself. I didn't know shutters cocked. I thought they just fired. I didn't right. know. Like, they, you're right. Um, so, uh-huh. like, stepping back through time and like doing more. Eventually, I ended up like a pinhole. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But like, lose the shutter as well. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I think it's really interesting, like getting back to those bare bones. Now, when I put out my Nikon FM2, I'm like, wow, what an advanced camera. Right. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it does everything for you. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's also something to be said about those, like, um, you know, we have our collections, obviously, and it's like a separate thing. Mm. But to be, to be one of those people that's like, they shoot with one camera and that's their main like workhorse and that's what they make their art on and that's it and they know it like the back of their hand because they never you know will leave it for s- weeks and weeks because they're with something else so, like that's what they have so yeah i totally want to get there that's like my goal like the a photographer the guy got me on twitter um and he has like he's like m6 and he's mamia 7 and like i could never afford that set up but like i'm so jealous of him and then he's saying he's two dream cameras right and having like in both formats and just having that as your like extension of yourself set mm-hmm. and like, that's what i'm trying to get i've got my like tlr that i've like decided i don't need multiple lenses like i'm okay with being like a single lens hipster yeah um, <laughs> and like i'm trying to get there like figure out like what my sort of dream setup is and just like really hammer those down um mm-hmm. and get used to them. i think it is something to be said for like knowing a camera so well that it's just you just don't think about it when you're right. using it yeah um i like, guess totally out of the way so we have to ask you the second part of the question yep it's a fun one call it the white whale is there is there anything that you've that you haven't had a chance to to own or shoot or that you've kind of always wanted you just it's it's the camera you lust after i like her i think that's a pretty common answer surely mm. <laughs> um like i do love my rangefinders, and i've never i just think like to me, a Leica is what the rolling stuff is in 35 mil. Mm-hmm. Like it's beautifully yeah. engineered, yeah. like extension of yourself camera. And I think a lot of it is like the prestige of it. But I think also there in range trying to particular, there are so few solid options left. Yeah. Um, so owning something like so specially crafted, I think would be really lovely. And I would probably like settle my 35 millimeter game if I had one of those. Yeah, that's probably the one. And if I could choose two, then I think I've heard amazing the Mamiya Seven as well. I've heard amazing things about it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just meant to be like the lenses on that thing are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably those two. But um, yeah, which which Leica? Oof, 
like part of me loves the old M3. Yeah. Just like the simplicity of it. Again, like I've sort of got to the point where I'm pretty reliable, not metering, mm-hmm. or I've got my little pocket internet meter. Yeah. So I don't really need a meter. Uh, and I love the like more stripped down frame lines of the older cameras. Mm-hmm. Why the M2 or the M3? I can't remember which one's better 35 mil lenses, but whatever one is, I love those older, older models. Um, and like it's sort of attainable one day if I like make a break, you know, make a big yeah. windfall, but. In all, tra- in all likelihood, I'll stick with my basics. <laughs> it's, a- it's funny though, like like one of my previous like white light cameras, like a Hasselblad, like I really want to try a Hasselblad. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought they were beautiful cameras. And then it's on Twitter. So I, I sit on Twitter, like video on a, on a Hasselblad. It went like crazy in the last minute of the auction. Didn't get it. Um, and then some guy reached out locally. said, hey, I've got a Hasselblad. I want to use it. I want to have a borrow it. Like I never met the guy, never anything. And I'm like, um yeah okay, i live around the corner from you just come pick it up like I love you, don't, you don't even know me like what's happening here um so i borrowed his house of blood no questions asked it was really wonderful i found out i actually didn't really enjoy it like mm. it ah. made great images but i found it clunky like the dark slide i left the dark yeah. every time i took a photo like i like all the action you have to take to take a photo i found it really slowed me down like not in a fulfilling way um mm. so it wasn't a camera for me and like i think that's really interesting as well these cameras you sort of lust after mm-hmm. and think will solve all your problems yeah and sometimes like you know what i preferred my like 500 roller cord yeah <laughs> um yeah. yeah and like that really surprised me i thought oh wow like i thought this was going to be my dream camera i have to buy one after i use it and like i was happy to get it back like i, I love the photos i got from it one of my most popular images are from that camera for that week i had it but yeah it just wasn't I wouldn't have, if I had one, I think I'd take it out once in a blue moon. Right. Um, yeah. I kind of love that about That's the great. photo community. Yeah. Come try oh, it. so wonderful. Come try like, it. Yeah. I, I was sort of blown. I was sort of like weirded out. Like, is there an ulterior motive? Yeah. What's the yeah. catch? Like, <laughs> what's the, is there a scam? Yeah. The bank details? Like, what's the deal? They were just a really lovely guy. Just, you know, hadn't used it for a while. Said, so go borrow it. I'm like, She's okay. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. so good. Well, yeah. This has been great, Maddie. Thank you so much for yeah. for Thank hanging out so with much. us and chatting. This has been awesome. Um, yeah, it's been so much fun. Where can everybody check you out? You have a website, Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Madeline Astoya. Astoya is O-S-T-O-J-A. Bit of a weird one. Um, and my website <laughs> is MadelineAstoya.com. Awesome. Cool. Timothy, where are you? Guys, you can head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. It's the same on Twitter. I mean, you can, you're gladly allowed to follow me there as well. Please do. And uh, I have some older YouTube stuff. You can find that. All you got to do is go to the search bar, search Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of my stuff there. Chris, where are you? I am Chris B. Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page and a group you can like and share photos. And that's it for us. Maddie, thank you again. This was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was really enjoyable. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. First off, Chris and I want to thank Maddie for coming on the show. We had such a great time hanging out and getting to know you and hear your story. We just love you. We had such a great time. And thanks again for coming on and, and, and being such a great part of this community. Thanks, Maddie. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for even a buck. You can get the show two days early. The show releases on a Wednesday. You'll get it on Monday. We're also doing our Patreon develop nights. 
So that's where, where Chris and I and the Patreons, we get together, we hang out, we develop some film, we talk shop, we laugh. It's just a lot of fun. We're also doing a bunch of other Patreon exclusive stuff. Chris and I are going to be doing solo shows over here. Just a bunch of fun stuff. And like I said earlier, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For all the Patreons that already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. You are... You're literally the best. You're the best. We love you. We love you. That's going to be it for this week's show, guys. Hope you have a great week. I hope you're out shooting. Hope you're out having fun. Pandemic seems to be finally calming down and we're allowed to go out and do things again. It's it's uh, it's different. It's fun. It's awesome. It's great to be back. Until next week, we will see you soon. Later, guys. <laughs>